Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie-Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief here at Modern Retail. This week, I'm really excited. We have Aimee Lapik. She's the CEO of Hannah Anderson. She's only been there for about a year. I believe you're coming up on a year in July, if that's correct. I am. And Hannah Anderson's been around for a really long time, and you guys are doing some really fascinating stuff these days that I want to get into. I know that we at Modern Retail have written about your resale program that you recently launched, but also you're more of a DTC company than you've ever been before, and I want to talk about all of that. But Amy, how are you doing? Thanks for joining. Oh, Kale, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. There's so many positive things happening at Hannah Anderson. I can't wait to share. Absolutely. But first, uh, I want to go into who you are. So I'm pretty sure that you have a pretty robust career uh, in, in business. You you were at GoPro before, is that correct? Yes, I was. Um, yes, I've, I've had multiple kind of lifetimes within retail and within <laughs> within high tech. Um, my last job, I was the head of um, the chief digital and marketing officer for GoPro and really helped them advance and drive their e-commerce business and subscription business, which was really exciting. Um, prior to that, I was the CMO and head of the subscription business for Pandora, the digital radio company. And prior to that, I actually was at The Gap for about 14 years of my career. Oh, wow. And I was the CMO and the head of the e-commerce business for Banana Republic. Wow. So, so this is really a full circle thing where you you started in apparel, then you went into all that weird tech stuff, and now you're back into apparel. Right on. Exactly. Yes. And and that's honestly one of the reasons why this is such a fun moment for me, is that it is full circle from how I started my career in apparel. Um, and way back when, I actually ran Gap Outlet internationally. Um, oh, my and God. No, and learned a lot about the kids and baby business at that time. So really fun. Really? So yeah, can you actually give a little bit of back? Like, so what was your trajectory at Gap and Banana Republic? Was it doing the business things? Was it marketing? What were you doing? Yes. Um, my my very first job way back when, when I joined um, the Gap, is I ran uh, CRM, so customer relationship marketing for Banana Republic. And many people probably remember the credit card and the Lux card, all of that. That was my very first job at, <laughs> at, um, at the Gap. I was the person who was trying to get you to sign up for a credit card. Um, and we turned that into a very successful loyalty program for Banana Republic and then eventually tied all three brands, Gap, Old Navy, and Banana, to one credit card program. Um, so I did a number of jobs at, at Banana, and then I went over to Gap um, and helped launch their uh, international business. So at the time, we were in Canada and a little bit in the UK um, and Japan, and my team and I really drove Gap Outlet and actually Banana Republic factory stores internationally, in addition to running the marketing for the North America business. So we opened China, um, we tripled our business in Japan, we really grew from the UK into multiple European countries, France being one of them, um, near and dear to my heart. Uh, <laughs> so very exciting times at the Gap. It was, it was a wonderful experience and I have lots of great memories um, and spent over a decade there of my career. Very, very cool. So can we go into a little bit the history of Hannah Anderson? Because it's a pretty old brand and it's been around for a while, but it's had many different iterations. It, it sure has. This is the wonderful thing about Hannah is that it's such a phenomenal brand. It, this is our 40th anniversary. 2023 is our 40th anniversary. We were founded in, eight, in 1983 as honestly one of the first premium sustainable kids clothing brands um, and founded on the idea that you know, clothing can be not not just good for the children, um, but also good for the environment in terms of 
lasting for multiple through multiple kids, multiple wearings, less landfill, organic cotton. I mean, we were the first organic cotton brand before organic cotton was even a thing in kids in kids apparel. Um, over time, Hannah has become has really morphed itself, as you said. We've evolved, and so today we no longer operate in stores. Um, we're hundred percent direct to consumer. Uh, and and are you know frankly much more profitable because of that, and honestly much more attuned to our customers and anticipating their needs because we get real time feedback from our customers through our digital channels and our digital experience. Um, and that's what I'm loving is that we are able to launch some really um, terrific things for the brand, but also our customers like our Hannah Down Marketplace that we launched back in February. Um, and that really reinforces the idea that the quality of the clothes is is la- everlasting. I mean, literally, we had people who sold clothes that they have had for over 20 years, multiple generations of children wearing them, and they're constantly selling them today. Um, and they're able to either get paid in cash or get paid in a gift card to use on the regular price um, site. And it's been a really terrific success for us and for our customers. Got it. Cool. So I know this predates you, but correct me if I'm wrong, but there used to be over 50 Hannah locations. Like you were, you were pretty, you had a lot of stores. What, when was the strategic decision made that you would sunset that and be focused more for on the digital business? It's a great question. It does predate me. So we, Hannah made the decision um, in 2019 and started closing stores in 2019 and early 2020. Oh, that was actually very prescient, I guess. (laughs) Phenomenal timing, honestly. Who knew what was going to happen? But because of that, we were able to actually not just recruit the sales that had happened in the stores, but drive incremental business. So we've been growing, even though we have no more physical footprints. Um, We've been growing through very targeted marketing partnerships, lots of things I can talk about, um, all through direct-to-consumer. When you joined, and that was July of 2022, I believe it was July 19th because it was the day after my birthday. I noticed that when I was looking at the press releases. Ah. <laughs> what was your mandate? What was like, like, what What did you come and say, these are the things that I have to do? So one of the, so I'll give you my mandate and I'll crux it in why I came to Hannah in the first place. Okay. So, um, as a mom of three, so three phenomenal children, um, I have known the brand for a long time. Um, and I have always been impressed with the the happy designs and the premium quality. And so what, what basically Hannah needed was someone who could come in and take phenomenal product and help drive growth um, through a couple different areas. And so my mandate was help us build our brand awareness. So Hannah is a very loved brand. We have a very high net promoter score. Our existing customers stay with us for years and, and frankly, generations. Um, so we have moms now who wore Hannah's as young children. Um, but we have very low brand awareness. We're only in the mid-teens in terms of our percent of brand awareness. And having had the opportunity to work across a couple, you know, a few different very iconic, globally recognized brands like Banana Republic, like Gap, like GoPro, um, I understand what it takes to drive brand awareness. And so that was mandate number one. How do we become more well-known with our customer base and our future customers um, in terms of driving this kind of iconic global brand? And then this second kind of area that I was asked to lean into is what Hannah had already started doing, and that's selling digitally, selling through e-commerce. So as I mentioned before, I've been lucky enough to drive a couple of different e-commerce businesses, 
GoPros, Banana Republics. Um, and so I, I'm very familiar with what it takes in terms of driving di digital capabilities that end up driving long-term growth and profitable growth for a company. And that was basically mandate number two. Um, and my own personal mandate of what I've wanted to do is the team at HANA is an incredible team, just an amazing group of people. And, and I have, I'm all about like, how do you build really phenomenal teams that build each other up and drive long-term success for each other and for the customer at the same time. And so that that's what I love to do. And it's basically what I'm trying to do at HANA as well. Got it. Those are a lot of big things that you're trying to do. Um, with the first one, I want to ask, Hannah is a little bit different from the previous brands you've worked at because they have brand awareness thanks to either stores or wholesale distribution. So how how what are the levers that you're pulling? Is it all just digital marketing? What are you thinking about to make it so that more people know about Hannah Anderson? It's a great question. So it's it is first digital marketing in terms of it's easier to measure the impact of digital marketing. So dollar in equals dollar out in terms of lifetime value or gross margin um, expansion, et cetera. That's kind of number one. Number two, we're focused on partnerships. So who can we partner with in terms of gaining access to either their customer base or a similar kind of customer base in a in a in a tangent and ten, adjacent spectrum, if you will. So a good example of that is we've recently partnered with Dr. Becky, um, who is a well-known expert on all things children. And so it's not necessarily another kid's clothing company, but a, a person who is very respected by moms. We're trying to do more and more of that to get in front of future customers as well. Um, and the third area, frankly, is we're building a, a broader community. So not only of our existing customers, they're number one, um, but also of other folks who are being introduced to the brand through advocacy, through community development, et cetera. Um, and that's how we're trying to drive awareness as well. So very in a very viral way that's authentic to who we are as a brand. Got it. I want to go into those last two things. So the partnerships, does that function generally the same as influencer partnerships or with Dr. Becky, how are you working with her such that it's a partnership? Is she helping with product development or is she mentioning them on her social feeds? How does that work? Or what? what how does it work in an ideal world, I guess, is my question. In, in an ideal world, the partner would be multifaceted. So not only would she she or he mention us on their social feeds or in, in their community, but also they would help us in terms of partnering on either future needs of the customers through product innovation or product ideas, um, but also current needs in terms of giving feedback from their, their community around what is working and not working within our product or within, frankly, within our marketing or within kind of how we're thinking about prioritization. So there's a, a whole host of things that can come from partnerships. Um, with Dr. Becky, we've partnered to basically um, really get her advice as a parenting expert and a psychologist in, in her newsletter about talking about what, what's positive about some of our clothing or our products in terms of everything from, frankly, the swimsuits having UV blocking ray, blocking UV rays to literally the skin sensitivity within kind of certain kids and how our, our organic cotton is softer and more and better for skin sensitive folks. Um, so there's a whole host of things that she can do in terms of recommending our product for specific needs of her customer base. Got it. And how, you know, with these types of this focus on partnership, that's very much about brand, you know, sort of just 
introducing people to the brand. How do you approach attribution with that? Because, you know, she, I can imagine you're have, she's talking about certain products, but also she's just talking about the brand as is. Do, do you have any levers that you're pulling to try and make sure it's working? Yes, we do. We have short-term levers and then we have longer-term levers. So one of the things we have stood up since I've been with the company is the ability to look past last-click attribution. So within marketing, most most digital companies measure the effectiveness of, of either paid media or even organic media or organic partnerships through specifically, can I track where that last, per, that last platform media placement, et cetera, a customer came from before they made an actual sale on our site or a transaction on our site. So we've been doing that for years. And in the in winter and earlier this year, we stood up the ability to really look at media across a, a multitude of different touch points through a media mix model to see not only from last click attribution, but also incremental um, return on ad spend where it came from, incremental uh, uh, new customers, where they came from, et cetera. And, and that is through a series of tests uh, that we stand up within different geographies, et cetera. Um, and that media mix model is an, is another data point with our last collect attribution that really measures the incrementality from some of the partnerships, as well as some of our media placements. Got it. And what is your media mix exactly? Like, are you mostly just on the platforms? Are you on TV? Have you changed that since you've joined? So we're doing a lot of testing today. Um, we're mostly on the platforms. I mean, the bulk of our ad spend is, is within digital platforms itself. We've just concluded some connected TV testing that was pretty successful for us oh, from okay. an incrementality perspective. Congrats. So we're really excited about that. Yes. Um, that's not always the case, as you know. I do know. <laughs> um, so we're excited about what we learned over the summer campaign, and we want to roll that into a fall and holiday campaign as well. Um, we've also done a fair amount of, or we're intending to do a fair amount of different types of upper funnel testing, marketing testing as well. So some of that's still coming, frankly, um, but it's not all linear TV is, is an area that I'd love to test in. We haven't done that yet, um, but it's something that I'd love to try and test into as well. You mentioned many minutes ago about community, and I feel like community is one of those very buzzwordy laden words that means many different things to many different companies. With with kids and like children, I, I, I have many ideas about how you could foster community with a certain brand. Like what have you been working on specifically with that to sort of engage the customer base? Like is it about having an online group? Do you do Facebook? Do you do Reddit? Or like how do you what, what does it mean to have to engage the community base? So our idea of community continues to evolve. And I think that's actually super positive um, because we're learning what communities really tend to make a difference and not for different brands. And I would say we're, we're kind of at the beginning of building a community. There has been a very strong community for many years of HANA customers that love our brand, that speak on behalf of the brand, that hasn't actually been fostered by the brand. Like it hasn't been negated by the brand, but it's just happened organically. And so you can go onto YouTube or within Facebook, et cetera, and see moms talking about kind of wear testing the Hannah jams over time. You can see moms talking about how wonderful the fabric is on, on their kids who may have eczema or not. I mean, it's all organic. It's all authentic. It hasn't been really fostered or driven by the brand. It's all been happening on the side. What we've, what we've been testing into is how do we take that pure love of the brand that's happening already 
and actually asked people who were already talking about the brand to start reviewing and giving feedback on some of our new products as well. And that's what I mean by community is we're taking an existing group and we're basically just introducing them to more of our adjacent products. So this brand began as a PJ brand. Um, it is probably the first brand that really fostered family matching for holidays um, in pajamas. It's, I mean, it's actually how I knew, got to know the brand about a decade ago is that you, everybody could wear one. It was really cute, even the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, we were known as that, that pajama brand. How do we get that same level of love and introduction to some of our other product categories? Like right now, as you, as you probably know, we introduced a whole active line in February as well. That's very different than pajamas. I mean, it's literally skorts and, and shorts and, and wicking tops, et cetera. It's all about active and play, et cetera. So we wanted to introduce some of the moms and, and folks who love us to our new products by gifting it to them, by asking them to write reviews, by really asking them for real feedback. And so that's the way we've been fostering our community. Got it. I wanted to get into the the expansion with the, with the athletic wear. What is the overall strategy with uh, product expansion? How do you decide what areas you're going to go to? And you can use the athletic wear as an example. Like, why, was that just because everybody's buying athleisure right now and you thought, why not kids too? That's That would be a good reason, but that wasn't our reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, in general, so we look first at like, what are we known for? It's like, what's our, what's our destination category, et cetera? So we're known today as a pajama brand um, and we're known for kind of the, the wearability, the room to grow, the the um, the longevity of it, and then we've over time have introduced play clothes that really speak to the same things. So room to grow, cuffs that unroll, um, wear testing, reinforced knees on the pants, etc. So we've taken kind of the things that we're known for within pajamas, and we brought it into play clothes for boys and girls. With athleisure, with our athletic line, we basically said, okay, well, what else are we known for? Like, we're known for these the longevity. We're known for like really getting in there and getting tough and dirty and and hard on clothes and the clothes lasting and they're lasting for a long time. And so we basically said, okay, what is the next kind of use case, if you will, for kids in which they need that? And and it was active basically. Our we've been asked for a long time from our customers to come up with active. Um, not an active wear line per se, but like clothes that kids can wear on the playground over and over again, or in their gymnastics class, or in their tumbling class, or in their you know playing yeah. little kids, league, etc. I mean, kids, kids are very active, probably much more active than me, I imagine. They're a lot more active than me. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you to develop that? Like, what is the the product expansion process from idea to when it's actually into market? That's a great question. Um, it depends on the how big the idea is, and it depends on how different it is from the normal line or kind of normal categories. So for the activewear line, it, the idea started before I joined the company. Um, and in under a year, they went from idea to sourcing to assortment to what it would look like to marketing it. So I, that's pretty fast for a clothing yeah. company. Um, I can remember back at the gap, it would take us like honestly a year and a half to two years to come up with a new product line or new product innovation. So very fast. For something like some of our, honestly, our pet johns, which have grown tremendously, it's a it's a smaller idea, it's a smaller category. Um, but that's happened in a very in a much shorter time frame. So it really depends on what the what the category is and how different the product is and what the innovation looks like. Got it. I wanted to talk a little bit about the the resale program, which you mentioned up at the top. Can you just give sort of a high level of how that works? 
you you gave a, g- a good sense for why you want to enter it. But if you want to flesh it out a little bit more, like I think it's a lot of different apparel companies are doing this. But why specifically did you think Hannah Anderson was was ripe for for, for doing resale? It's a really so that's a great question. So honestly, Hannah is probably the perfect brand for doing resale. So a lot of companies do offer a resale marketplace. The reason it's so appropriate for Hannah is we are we pride ourselves on the fact that the clothes last for hundreds of washes, that they last for multiple kids within a family. That, you know, frankly, we've done customer research even since I've joined that say a lot of new customers are introduced to Hannah from their res- their local resale store um, or a friend handing them a favorite bag of clothes saying, I can't bear to throw these away or give these away, donate these. Will you take them? And they happen to be Hannah's because they're so high quality and they last for so long, which is why we thought this makes so much sense for the brand. We're already one of those brands that's known as being very durable, very high quality. You know, honestly, longevity is, is on our side. Um, and it would make sense to offer resale as an opportunity for our customers to to give back, but also be paid for what they did, what they bought, and be able to use the credit um, for future clothes as well. So when we thought about um, what that marketplace could look like, there's a whole host of different ways to approach resale, right? You can go with a, with a platform that will do all the resale for you. You can go with a platform or that does, you can partner with, in, with certain stores, et cetera. Um, but we really wanted to be able to make it person to person so that our customers were the ones who benefited the most from the resale. So on our marketplace today, you as an individual can list your items and sell them for either cash or credit towards a regular price, um, uh, regular price purchase at Hannah at HannahAnderson.com. Um, and um, and we give you a little bit more if you choose the credit versus the cash. So we give you over 100% um, if, you, if you choose a gift card. And we are seeing overwhelmingly customers choose the gift card and make another purchase on our site. And so it's become in true, the true nature of resale is all about um, circularity within the marketplace and less waste, less, less clothes getting in landfill. And it is be- it's a beautiful model. Of Got that's it. happening exactly. How does the fulfillment work? If it's person to person, does it mean that they just then ship it up and send it to you who sends it to them, or do they send it to the other person directly? They send it to the other person directly. We are not the middleman. We wow. are we're literally just allowing customers to to use our marketplace um to and and you know, it's it's not hundred percent altruistic. Like it's yeah. it's <laughs> um but but where we honestly the benefit for Hannah is the fact that people can actually see firsthand that these clothes are durable and high quality and that we're not just telling them in a marketing spiel that they're durable and high quality. And the other benefit is that most people come back and buy again after they sell the clothes that they've already used. How has like, can you give any, any color about how it's grown in terms of listings and also who are you seeing? Like, how are you marketing this and who is taking to it? Are, is it already your most engaged customers that are the, who are selling them or how is that all working? That's a great question. So I have a little bit of data that I can share. <laughs> um, I can't, I, I can't share as, as much as, as, as maybe you want to know, but I can share a little bit. <laughs> I'll take whatever um, you can give me. Excellent. So when we, when we first launched, we were told a good goal would be to have about um, I believe it was 20, 2,500 um, units on, listed on site because these are all individual. We've had over 17,000 um, units listed for sale. So really engaged selling population. Um, we are seeing predominantly the people who sell 
be our long tenured customers. So customers who have been with the brand for years. Um, and and one of the, our hypotheses, and we're digging into this data, is that these, these may be customers. We thought initially there were customers that had aged out of the brand, but that's not actually the case because well over 50%, much higher than that, are actually choosing this gift card and coming back and buying again at the site. And they're not buying, they're not buying baby for the most part. They're buying kind of little to big kids. Um, so it does lead us to believe that these are customers that are still within the age bracket of Hannah. Um, and we're excited about that because that, that's the ideal for us. It, you know, we're not against people coming and like reselling their clothes and leaving and taking the cash. That's an option. Um, but the ideal is that it becomes a loyalty program for us, that people want to sell their clothes be, to be able to buy future clothes for Hannah as well. So, Got it. Yeah. And the folks that are buying for the most part, what's really interesting is the folks that are buying for the most part are, are brand new customers as well to the brand. So we're giving access to the brand at a lower price point to customers also, and probably tapping into a completely new customer segment. Really? And so are you specifically marketing that you have this marketplace online or sort of how are you reaching those new people who might want to buy them at a discounted price? It's a good question. So we are marketing primarily through our existing channels. So either posts on social media or or within our email base, um, we're talking about it as as a reinforcement of the quality of the clothes. And we're showing visuals of, of literally multiple people can wear the same item over time and it, the, it, sta it stands the test of time. Um, but we're not afraid to talk to our existing customers and to new customers about this as an alternative. Um, we've spent a little bit of media behind it to try to acquire new customers, but most of it is coming organically through word of mouth. Got it, got it. And you mentioned, that's, that's great. Uh, you mentioned the sort of a quasi loyalty program. And I actually want to ask you this because of your last role at GoPro, you were in in charge of subscriptions. If, right? I was. So has that, was that something that you've been any type of loyalty slash subscription program you're trying to introduce at Hannah Anderson to sort of boost it? Because I feel like many DC brands are trying to think of that, or is that not on the table right now? I wish I could answer your question, but I just can't. Okay. <laughs> I, I will accept that. You you can ask me in a year and we can have a very robust conversation. About All right. That. Amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for <laughs> then. Well, so then uh, I, that leads me to what, what are your plans? Like, what are you thinking about for, for the year to come? I guess what's on the roadmap? So we, we have done a lot of work really focusing the team on what's going to make a big difference in the brand and the growth story. And so first and foremost, it's all about building this brand awareness. So we are doing some upper funnel media testing. We've invested in an ambassador program. We have 40 new, 40 plus new ambassadors that are can of customers tried and true that we're in, really asking to help us sell um, the brand to and the clothing to their, their uh, followers. So that's a big focus for us. Um, we're also work focused on some fun future product collaborations, but I'm not going to say anything else. Um, <laughs> um, and from a digital capabilities experience, we're starting to stand up personalization in a big way. So we, we've gotten some really nice traction so far. So there's more to come on that from us. Um, as I mentioned, we're optimizing our digital media. That that seems like the easiest thing in the world to do, and it, it's actually not the easiest thing in the world to do, but it's very important. Um, we've focused on really understanding true lifetime value by different customer segments for the first time. Um, and then we're thinking very differently about not just how we spend money against those customer segments, but how we think about them in terms of upsell and cross-sell with it once they come to our site and over the, the journey of them as our customers. 
Um, and then from a product perspective, we've got a lot of fun things in the hopper. And I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but um, we've got some fun partnerships coming up. Um, and then we've got a, a whole, a whole new focus in fall. So stay tuned. It's going to okay. be really fun. Yes. Um, and then we are doing some wonderful things within our customer service channel. Frankly, um, we, we've always prided ourselves on having amazing customer service. We've got it's a it's a company that's been awarded in terms of like premier customer service. Um, those folks are not just you know honestly solving problems for us; they're becoming advocates for us, and they're uh, and that's been a really strong focus for the brand as well. Um, so more more to come on that. Um, so it's just it's a, it, I call this year a year of foundation building, and so there's a lot of things happening that will enable us to grow much more in the back half and next year as well, and wow. into into 25 and 26. Wow, that's so many. We're almost running out of time, but there are a few sort of macro questions I wanted to ask before before I have you leave me. One is just about you mentioned the ambassador program, just in children's apparel as a whole. Like, who are the the best types of ambassadors to choose from? Like, I know that lots of places are try for celebrities, but also this is a different type of space where I imagine there's a certain sort of authority you need that maybe a big celebrity doesn't have. So like, how do you think, who are the best people to work with that you think work best for the brand as a whole? You know, I, one of the things that is unique to kids and baby is that this idea of family and childhood is going to be different for different people. Right. And so we first and foremost look for someone that has a true connection to the Hannah brand, like really does love Hannah and buy Hannah. We're not paying them to talk about Hannah. We're asking them to kind of basically do another version of what they already would do. Um, and, and then that they have a unique take on childhood. So they might care more about the environment, for example, or they can, might care more about sustainability, or they might care more about like, how do you protect your kids um, from, you know, I'm going to make stuff up, but like (laughs) make sure they're the safest, um, you know, when they play on the playground or something like that. And so we're looking for like different moms who talk about different aspects of childhood so that we get a wide variety of people. We don't want every mom to basically be talking about the same things and be talking to the same people. We want a wide variety that all of them be more authentic to Hannah and who we are as a brand. Um, and then, frankly, we would like people who have a larger reach, right? A larger social reach. Um, and it's, it's interesting because at GoPro, I'm sure you know, we built the GoPro brand based on kind of a similar thing, like a real affinity for the brand with a large reach that was a little bit different. And so that Hannah is doing a version of that that's very mom friendly, um, that is real, authentic, genuine. Because what doesn't work is when you pay people who a don't have children, so they can't they can't really speak to the benefit. Um, or B, don't really believe in the clothes or trust the clothes because no one is going to then believe when they talk about it. Wow. All right. And one last quick question before I let you go. But I know that you guys got rid of your stores before you joined, but I feel like every DTC brand is thinking about stores now just because digital marketing is so expensive. So would this ever re-enter the calculus or are you guys going to be a digital only brand for the foreseeable future? We're going to be a predominantly digital only brand for the foreseeable future. But I would say never say never because we, number one, want to be where the customer is. And so if our customers want to access through uh, us through other channels, we we should really think about that strategically in a long-term way. Got it. Well, Amy, this has been an amazing conversation. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you. I've really loved it. I really appreciate it. 
And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and send this podcast over to a friend who you know would enjoy it. See you next week. Bye.